Hello everyone and thank you for visiting my podcast. Before we begin, I just want to say that this podcast is not recommended for those under the age of 16 years old and in today's episode we are going to be talking about child exploitation and cyberbullying which can be distressing for some listeners. If you feel like these topics are going to be triggering for you then I would recommend that you skip this episode and come back for the next one. Thank you. Hello and welcome back. This is episode two of the Love and Law podcast with me Hannah and this week we are looking at childhood exploitation. We're going to be looking at this week on how to keep children safe online. We're going to look at cyberbullying, the pressures of social media and child sexual exploitation online. And we do have a guest on today's episode, which is Adele, and she is a child exploitation practitioner. So if we start with cyberbullying, this is a massive issue in our society at the moment if you got a chance to watch the documentary on Channel 4 all about Caroline Flack, you'll see the, the online abuse that she had. And to think they that was directed at a grown woman, imagine being a child and receiving those sort of communications. And usually cyberbullying to a child is done by their peers. Um, And although the age of criminality in England and Wales is 10, the CPS won't prosecute for cyberbullying, really. They take the view that under-18s don't really understand the potential harm or seriousness that their communications might have. So it pretty much just goes unsolved, really. Um, So I think it's our job as parents and as a society to really tackle that issue um do we know what our words mean at 15 16 17 although we definitely do I think have different views from when we were that age we do mature with age I feel like at that point you do sort of have an understanding between right and wrong and if you're harassing somebody online and you're using mean words or you know just really going at them you must have some understanding that that's wrong and if if it was on the other foot that you wouldn't particularly enjoy it. And we see a lot of, of cyberbullying from adults as well. If you look on most celebrities' Instagram pages, you'll see reams of comments from complete strangers picking apart the way they look they'll pick apart their their career choice um i've noticed one thing i'm going to single out here is is when celebrities seem to get lip fillers they get a lot of abuse on that and i think the reason that these celebrities get plastic surgery in the first place is because of the negative comments they had like prior to the to the surgery so it's just a never-ending cycle really so i feel like if we can we can sort of break that habit in children and teach them that it's not okay to to bully somebody and that your your words do have consequences it's not just sat typing behind a, a computer or a phone that's a real person on the other end and that your words might potentially come back to bite you one day I think maybe if we do that we can prevent a whole generation of of adult cyber bullies basically hopefully we might get to the point where everybody 
is kind. Um, that's the huge hashtag at the moment, isn't it? Especially with Caroline Flack is hashtag be kind. But if you're going to, to sort of put that hashtag out there and make sure you're doing that, make sure that you're actually living by that and just be kind. Don't just don't just say it because it's the trending thing at the moment. So cyberbullying does have a massive impact on children's mental health. But another thing that does affect them is the pressures that comes with social media. There are so many apps out there now that can like alter the way you look. You can add a bigger chest, smaller waist, smaller nose, bigger lips, smoother skin. And I'll admit I've been guilty of using um, filters for some of my pictures to make me look less tired. I'll use one where the colour changes sort of the colour of my skin to hide my dark, dark circles. And these dark circles I've had since childhood that are genetic. I have pale skin, which exaggerates them. And they've only gotten worse in adulthood, especially with having children. But I do try and upload a filterless picture every now and then. But some of these in images... And I'm glad that some influencers now are calling these out and showing, you know, this is me with a filter and a good pose and this is me in reality. And I feel like that's so important because so much pressure on, well, adults as well as young people to have this sort of perfect image and it, it's just not real. I think it's important that we give our children affirmations, you know, tell them they're beautiful the way they are, tell them they're clever they're smart they're kind you know just really try and build up that wall of confidence before they reach the age of being allowed social media and encounter those pressures and the long-term effects of these sort of pressures on children can be devastating um, they could grow up to develop eating disorders they can get anxiety and depression because they think they're not living up to this ideal world and let's be honest with teenagers especially social media platforms like instagram snapchat it, it's it's sort of their life at the moment isn't it especially with lockdown um they're on it sort of all the time it's their only way to communicate with peers and loved ones and so it, it does have a massive effect and like i said there are there are influences out there that are sort of challenging challenging these fake pictures and one of them she's a, a northeast personal trainer i would definitely recommend adults follow her is georgina cox personal training and she really just like empowers people she she shows that it's okay to be normal you know things like cellulite things like eating and normal behaviors you know you, you don't have to starve yourself for a perfect body your body is perfect as it is as long as you're healthy that's fine and that's sort of the message we need to instill into teenagers especially these days that you are enough and you don't need to change yourself and that these sort of influences that you might be following aren't real we all have spots some days we all have jiggly parts we all you know look tired most of the time it's it's all make it's smoke and mirrors isn't it it's, it's makeup and filters and, and it's not real and it's not worth children sort of ruining the mental health for it's it's not worth depression and anxiety and like I say potential eating disorders off the back of that so it is really important that we do myth bust with them and show them that that these influences some of them aren't what they say they are 
And I think some responsibility needs to start coming down to the the creators of these platforms, such as, I know I keep mentioning Instagram, but it would be useful if Instagram, I don't know, had some sort of way of of telling people a filter has been used in this photo, um, maybe just in the the comment section or, or as a tag in the photo, you know, just to sort of myth bust you know this isn't this isn't what the person looks like this is a, a filter but I suppose that's the point of filters isn't it you're supposed to be able to to alter the way you look and no one's gonna know but does the benefit of that for some people outweigh the mental health needs of others and another thing about filters there are apps available and even filters within apps like snapchat that allow you to alter your age on a photograph and although this is meant to be a bit of fun it could be used as a tool of it for exploitation in the wrong hands um i remember when i was about 14 and i'm showing my age here we had platforms like habbo hotel and msn and sometimes you would have strangers try to talk to you and if they didn't have a photograph of themselves that would like immediately ring alarm bells for me um they would say things like oh I don't own a camera um but it would just be immediate red flags and groomers don't even need that excuse now because there are apps that literally give them the means to take a photo of themselves and make themselves look about 10 years old it's really scary should these filters or apps even exist like does the fun of looking like a baby again outweigh the risks of potential predators being able to use this to trick children into thinking they're speaking to another child it is that app really worth that risk it's almost time to have our guest Adele on but first I'm going to read the results from our social media question so last week I asked should social media age restrictions be raised to 18 or should social media have no restrictions at all and 78% of listeners who responded said raise it to 18 and 22% said no restrictions. A few people messaged to say that they think restrictions across the board should be at 16 or 17. One listener said that although a restriction is needed, children will just lie about their age and make a social media account anyway. And I suppose there's some truth to that, isn't there? Um, it's not like when you go to a nightclub and you have to show photo ID to get in to make a social media account. You just need an email address and you input your date of birth. It's very easy to to lie and fake your age on social media to get an account. So that's an interesting point there. And we will be asking Adele this question as well and get her sort of her view on this. Let's be honest, we don't really want to ban our children from social media and other online platforms, do we? Because the way the world's shifting, it has become a massive part of our society. And for a lot of children during lockdown, it was their only form of communication with their peers and extended families. But we do need to be vigilant. Between April 2019 and March 2020, there had been over 10,000 recorded cases of online sexual abuse which is 16% higher than the year before. And I wouldn't be surprised if that number has risen again with lockdown. You know, I imagine when the 2020-2021 figures are published, we will see a percentage increase on those numbers because children have been online for longer periods of time because of lockdown.
So it's time for our guest, Adele Now, who I mentioned earlier is a child exploitation practitioner. Um, she's going to be speaking to us about online safety, and this is something she deals with on a day-to-day basis. Um, so we're really excited to have her on. Hello, Adele. Throughout the week, listeners have been answering a poll that I asked on social media, which was, should social media age restrictions be raised to 18 or should social media not have any age restrictions at all? And 78% of them said that age restrictions should be raised to 18 and the other 22% said that there shouldn't be any restrictions. What are your views on this, given your professional opinion? Hey Hannah, thank you for having me on. Um, do you know what? I see both sides and this is where I, I sort of get split down the middle because I'm a parent and there's the things that I deal with on a daily basis. Um, in terms of the 78% that say 18 plus, I totally get it. And I get why we want to wrap our children in cotton wool, don't we? We don't want them to experience the bullying, the comparing themselves to others, self-harm, you know um online predators and yeah that stuff's really scary the 22 percent that say that there shouldn't be any restrictions at all i think is where people are sort of maybe thinking we should trust our children um but sometimes too much onus is put on the children to to take responsibility for themselves I think we do have a responsibility still as parents um, to monitor their devices and I totally appreciate also how hard that can be. Um, children can be secretive, they could not want to show you the phones, the, you know, sometimes we just don't have the time to sit over the kids and watch what they're, watch what they're going on. Um, so I, I appreciate that as well. I'm going to tackle this from like a child exploitation practitioner point of view. So, my concerns are the people that use these apps. And I think that's where the responsibility lies with the apps themselves to filter out any inappropriate content, um, to have sort of alarms alarms on or triggers or whatever, uh, where people can get blocked off the, off the device if there's certain sort of words that get used or images... Um, to ban people off. So, to put that into context, I'm really concerned about an app at the minute called Ubo, and that is apparently sort of like a dating site for children. Apparently, if there's certain words that get used on there or images, it bans you off. So I'm giving an example there. But I do know that predators use that app and pause to be younger to talk to children. So... That's the onus on the app, um, whoever creates that, to filter out those types of predators um, to ensure that they're not using that, that app. I wouldn't like to put the restrictions up to 18 plus for children because then it's sort of like the responsibilities on that child and it's as if we don't trust that child when it's never the child's fault. So... What I mean by that is, there's obviously age restrictions for a reason. And this is because we know the dangers around some of the apps. National Online Safety is really good in letting you know, as parents, 
what are the dangers behind all of those apps and why there are age restrictions for a reason. So a lot of the schools have these posters. Um, they should be signed up to National Online Safety if you want to have a conversation as parents with the schools um, and you want to see some of these posters. I do see them about when I visit the schools. Um, and what they'll say is, say, for example, WhatsApp, 16 plus the reasons why it's 16 plus so what are the what are we concerned about around the app what should we look out for and then it says top tips for parents so how you block people you know what you can do as a parent to sort of monitor that device um and that stands for all of the apps so instagram snapchat then there's like all the gaming apps like minecraft um Roblox, even right down to YouTube Kids. So YouTube Kids, actually, the age restriction on that is 4+. plus. Now something, you know, I only learned the other day. I was like, wow, like, I'm letting my da- daughter on that a lot younger. Um, and there's so many apps these days, it's hard to keep up. Like, I feel like I'm pretty down with the kids, but even I'm not, I'm totally out the loop. So when I'm working with the kids... They'll, they'll tell me an app and I'm like, I've never heard of that in my life. And it's so difficult for parents to keep up with that. And I and I know that and I understand that. And it's even difficult for me in my line of work. So we've kind of got to be one step ahead because predators that use these apps, they are one step ahead as well. Um, so there are obviously parental settings that you can put on phones there's an app called Custodio, which is quite good, um, that you can put on your children's device and that tracks which apps they're using and at what times they're using it. So it's not like they're completely going through the phone and showing you, you know, all the messages that they're using, but they'll say they were on, at, uh, say, for example, Snapchat at this time and the length of time that it gets you. So you have an idea of what your child's using and how long for. Um, so that's quite a good one. But really, I would just have an open conversation with your child about it. So when we are able to sit and have open conversations, um, and instead of telling children and putting the blame on them, um, you know, don't do this, don't do that. Instead, we'll just say, do you realise the dangers? Do you realise the dangers of what you're using? And that's what I do in my line of work. I never say to children, don't do this, don't do that. Because it's not their fault. But what I will say is, okay, so you're using Snapchat. Okay, so say, for example, you're on Snapchat and somebody asks you to send them an image. What do you think are the consequences of sending that image? It doesn't end there. What if you lose your phone and someone picks it up and they find the image on your phone? What if... You're in a relationship with that person, you send an image and you break up with that person or, you know, there's revenge porn. Snapchats themselves own the rights to your images. So when you sign up to that and you don't read all the little, uh, all the disclaimers and everything and you just press accept because everybody does, they they reserve the, the rights to your images. So someone somewhere in, in Snapchat has your images. Do you realise this? Nine times out of ten, no, they don't. And it's just about you giving the, them the awareness of once you put that image out there, what happens after that? Um, 
and when you take away that blame language and you just say, okay, I know that this is what's happening, but just know the consequences or know the dangers of it, you're opening up to that conversation and you sort of come into their level. And I just find that that's when children are a lot more open with you. Um, so I just would really encourage that in terms of using the devices. Um, me personally, what I'm, what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is I think that the age restrictions are right. Um, I think they've been carefully thought out. I would put more onus on the apps themselves, such as Instagram and Snapchat, to do more, to filter out such languages and images um, and filter out these predators that are using the apps and pausing younger. And we're not punishing the children then by putting that up to 18. Um, Especially during lockdown, you know when that's the only way that they can speak to the friends and apps can be a good thing you know like we're very quick to say social media is bad they can be good they can be positive as well so that would my answer would be sort of neither of those i don't think we should have no restrictions at all because i don't think that's safe but i don't think that should be 18 because i feel like that would be punishing the child so I think they're right for what they are. And what are the signs for parents, guardians, teachers, etc., to look out for in a child that could signal that they are potentially being exploited or bullied online? So, if we're talking about children that are being exploited online, let's think about exploitation on a whole. What do we know about what exploitation is? So I think that would be beneficial for me to sort of explain first off what that is and what that might look like. Um, Exploitation is when an abuser uses a child, sort of takes advantage of them for their own personal gain. So that's quite broad, isn't it? And it can be criminal or sexual So quite often when people think about exploitation, they just think about the sexual. Um, Especially when you're talking online, people think about sexual exploitation online, just think about predators that are trying to groom. It's not, it's much wider than that. So if a child's been sexually exploited online, um, obviously it's somebody that's trying to message them that's built up a trusted relationship with them and then has built up a relationship. So there's different stages to grooming. So this is what we would call the grooming process and there's different stages. So it starts off like a friendship. Quite often children will be targeted um, who are vulnerable. Um, so take that as you will. But they don't have to just be vulnerable. It can, they can be targeted for a number of reasons. But quite often it's that they're vulnerable. So if they have things going on at home or maybe have learning difficulties, what predators do is they'll get to know the child, they'll get to know what the vulnerabilities are 
what's going on in their life and then think how do I bridge that gap so these are called like push and pull factors into being groomed and exploited so what pushes that child out of the home and what pulls that child into being groomed in into being exploited so me as a as a worker what i initially look at when i start working with a child is those push and pull factors how is this child being targeted what's going on in their life that's going to pull them into being exploited um how you could sort of spot that there are a lot of a lot of different signs but i'm not just going to focus on the online i think it's really important to just look for this in general so it's just different behaviours in the child. So if you notice that your child is acting differently, and that sounds really broad, doesn't it? But um, you know your child inside out, and you know when something's not right, and I would just honestly say, go with your gut. If you think something's up, chances are it probably is. So if your child's in school, speak to the school. If you're really worried, you can speak to the police. If it's an immediate concern when that ch- that child's really at risk of significant harm, then it's a nine nine nine. Um, if the the other signs are like if they're being secretive, if they've di- different changes in like the mood or the character, um, if they're frightened of going certain places or of certain people, if they start being like they have like inappropriate behaviors like inappropriate sexual behaviors start saying things that are a little bit out of character for them if they have like new unexplained gifts so if they've been given any sort of phones or money or clothing jewelry they start coming home with things that you think hang on a minute i didn't buy them that and they have no real explanation as to where it's come from um if they're going out all the time um and you don't know where they are, so they're going missing. I would say if your child's missing, you need to ring the police. So if they're not home on time, please ring the police and report them missing. And we can build up a bigger picture of where they're going. The police will go out and they'll bring them home. If they're like absconding from school all of the time, but or if the behaviour starts to change in school, if you notice that the friendship circles are changing, or they're not really associating with the friends, if you feel like they're sort of being turned against you uh, as a family and they're not as close as they once were um and then any other physical signs where you you know you're noticing bruising or bleeding or anything like that um any reoccurring water infections that could suggest some sexual abuse if we're thinking about criminal there's quite a lot with that um, so like I said, like going missing from home or school, um, if they found out of area, so if they've been on like trains quite a lot, um, if they're always on the phone constantly, if they get up and they're on the phone, they go out all the time, if they're on the phone all night for the, for the full of the night, if they're spending a lot of time on their devices, if they've got more than one phone, there's possibility that they might be selling drugs. Um, if you notice that they're under the influence themselves if they have like keys to unexplained places or like hotel cards and and stuff overall being secretive about who they're talking to or where they're going um leave them without any explanation if they're 
come home sort of looking disheveled. Um, if they start carrying weapons, if you notice that they increase in drug use, um, if you ever find drugs packets on on them or in their room, um, there's new drugs going about now that look like sweets as well. They're really concerning. So, just anything that you're not sure of, that or you think I don't like the look of that, just ring the police. Um, speak to the school. There's so much support out there for parents who are unsure whether this is happening with their child. But if you have a concern, please speak to the school or the police or social care. People get quite worried of ringing social care. There's kind of a stigma around it, but they're absolutely there to support you. So all of these, there's all these networks there. Um. So yeah, I just would say get in touch with some professionals, those who can sort of help you to filter out whether something is going on or not. Online, it's hard at a spot, but I would just say if you notice that your child is spending a lot more time online, um, if you notice that their mood changes once they've sort of come off the phones or the computer or whatever, um, then, yeah, chances are they're speaking to someone who is possibly grooming them so like I said it starts off like a friendship with a groomer and then it comes to like a relationship stage and then it turns bigger than that and we have children who are you know exploited and trafficked it's really quite awful and that's the sexual side and equally we have children who are made to run drugs and county lines um both of those can be online and can be in person that's why i didn't just want to talk about the online there so i hope that helps what can parents and guardians do then um, in order to keep their children safe online in terms of keeping your child safe online it's everything that i spoke about earlier but i would really just encourage going through privacy settings with your child and I know, again, not everybody's an expert on this, and even I'm not, I'm still learning as I go every day. But ask the school, if you're not sure, to give you a hand. Sit down, go through, you know, is is the Facebook set to private? Is their Instagram set to private? Are they all, like, message requests? Are they all set up so that you can they can just pop up and they can block them? They can block anyone who's popping up? Are the location settings turned off? Snapchat that has snap maps on, which is kind of like Google Maps where predators can really target where the children are so they can just zoom in and see exactly where they are right down to the house. So I always encourage children to have that turned off. Um, If they're going to put any pictures online, make sure there's no recognisable landmarks in the background where somebody could figure out where they were or where they lived, what town they were from. Don't put any pictures on in the uniform, that kind of thing. So it's all those kinds of conversations of who's going to view that profile. Um, in the past, I've actually embarrassed kids and I've, I've pulled their profiles up um, in like a group setting and said, did you realise, you know, I've been able to find you here. It says here you're, you're working McDonald's. It says you're however old. It says you're from this school. And it was very easy for me to find that. So how easy is it going to be for a predator to find you? Um, and they get really embarrassed and then they go away and they set everything to private, you know. It's not about embarrassing them, but it's really just teaching them, you know, if I can access it, anybody can. And it's about their digital footprint, 
whatever they put out there on their social media, it's going to stay there. It's going to stay there for the rest of their lives. It's going to, you know, affect the jobs later on in life if it's something that can be tracked and traced. Um, it, again, not putting the blame on them, but educating them. We've really got to educate them about what they put online. So that's going to really keep them safe. A good example of this, um, because I know that people that they speak to aren't always who they say they are. Um, so we go through the privacy settings and I always say, don't accept anybody that you don't know. Um, they're not who they say they are. They can act and pose younger, like I've explained earlier. People can use apps and pose to be younger than what they are. Anybody can put the date of birth to be younger. There's filters now that make you look younger than what you are. And these predators are really, really clever. So an example, like I said, that you can find online is the Ashley Hall case. Ashley Hall from Darlington, who was speaking to somebody online. And again, it's that whole grooming process. Um, It started off as a friendship. It built into a relationship. She's speaking to this lad that she really, really likes. And they agreed to meet up. They agreed to meet at a train station. But then he texts and says, oh, I can't I can't come and get you. My dad's going to come and get you. Um, so I'll see you when you get here. He's going to pick you up. <clears throat> so she gets there. She gets in the car with this dad who she thinks is, you know, this lad's dad. Actually, the man that she's in the car with is who she's been speaking to all along. He then takes her into the woods and he rapes her and kills her. And I actually show the children that example because I want them to know the consequences of... Who they speak when when they're speaking to somebody that they think they know, they don't really know who they're talking to. So it's those types of conversations that are really harrowing and horrible to have, but this is the reality and this is what is happening. So and it's happening on our doorstep. So we need to do all we can to sort of protect our kids, don't we? Like I said earlier, we really want to wrap them in cotton wool and wish we could take everything away from them, but as long as we have these open and honest conversations, hopefully when if anybody does pop up and try and message them, they'll have the courage to then come and show you and to tell you because you've already sort of tackled that conversation with them. Where can parents and guardians go for support if they feel like they do need to report things, Um, if they are worried about any, if they've spotted the signs and they have something that they need to report, where can they go for that? What I would say as well, if you are at all concerned that your child's being exploited or bullied, you can report on CEOP, so that that's the child exploitation team in the police. So if you just Google CEOP, um, it'll take you to the police page and it says, like, report a crime. Um, so you just do that online rather than speaking on the phone, but equally you can ring the police as well. But that's just quite a quick and easy way. Um, if you are concerned, it it has on there like if you are concerned of how to report, think you know that's another one. So it's obviously think then just the letter U, and then no K N O W. That's a good website if you're concerned about anything as well. Um, gives you parental advice on there. Then you've got the NSPCC and. If your child's concerned, they can ring Childline as well. Again, thank you for having me on. I hope I haven't rambled on too much. There's so much that I could say. Um, you know, I have, I do have experience with all of these kinds of topics. There is 
so much help out there that's all i would say there is so much help and support not just for young people but for parents as well so if you are at all concerned please contact schools contact the police contact social workers don't be afraid to speak out and just say you know i need a bit of support with this and go with your gut absolutely if you don't think something's you know something's not quite right chances are it probably isn't and you know your child better than anybody so if you think something's off um try and have that open conversation with them if they're still kind of not telling you and they don't feel comfortable to tell you they might speak to another professional and another trusted adult so you know just really try to encourage those conversations first off and get the help if you need to get it um and just thank you for listening really thank you for having me on that has all been really useful and helpful information there Adele thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast and I know a lot of listeners will will really benefit from that as well I know as a I as a parent um didn't know about the apps you mentioned and things so that is definitely something that we're all going to have to look out for um and thank you for pointing us to where we can go if if we need help so that's been really really helpful thank you so much Adele so in terms of the law the government have developed the online harms white papers and they're going to be introducing a world first in online safety laws and they're going to be implementing an independent regulator which will be appointed to enforce stringent new standards on online websites and social media firms must abide by mandatory duty of care to protect users if they fail to do this they could get heavy fines if they fail to deliver on this and like i say these measures are the first of their kind in the world to be implemented to make the internet a safer place i think it also is going to include things like fake news you know really tackling tackling those sort of issues as well so that's a a positive a positive new thing to come in If, if social media platforms are held accountable and they are you know made to have a duty of care to their users that's a a positive thing and that might help stamp out things like cyberbullying and the social media pressures that we mentioned earlier and they're also going to be tackling online grooming and things like that so that is a very positive positive thing that's coming So my shout out of the week this week is not to just one individual, but to a team of people who work at the Internet Watch Foundation. The IWF is a charity who minimise the availability of online sexual abuse content. I won't go too much into it, but if you, you can imagine they have a pretty harrowing job and they do this out of necessity and in order to protect the children in our country. You can find more about what they do at iwf.org.uk. That wraps up our podcast for this week. Thank you all for listening. Thank you to our guest, Adele, again. And next week, our theme is going to be protests and police powers. So my question to listeners for next week is, should protests be allowed to go ahead during a pandemic? And you can answer the poll and send your thoughts in via Instagram at lawwithhannahme or you can head over to the Love and Law podcast Facebook page to answer that question. 
Thank you very much for listening and have a lovely weekend.